This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Damsels Who Discuss. I'm Alexia. And I'm Gally. And boy, do we have some adventures for you. We do have some. Thank you, Leo. Dog adventures. We have dog adventures. You know, he's been laying down in the same position for probably the past hour. And, you know, as soon as I hit the record button, it's let me stretch, shake it out. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Yeah, I can't wait to hear some little barks in the background just to let us know that Lido's around. It'll be great. <laughs> I did close the door, so I'm hoping that there may not be a whole lot of that happening. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. I am uh, ready. Wow, wait, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say I'm ready for poo, but I probably shouldn't say that. I'm ready for Winnie the Pooh. I'm ready for Winnie the Pooh. But how are you? I'm pretty good. I it's mm, it's interesting in that Winnie the Pooh is both extremely extremely nostalgic for me, but also uh, many times it's not super emotional for me. I think that it's an IP that I grew up aware of. It was prevalent everywhere. Yeah. But I just don't know if maybe its release was timed at a weird time because I mean it came out way before me. So by the time that. Like Winnie born. the Pooh in general came out way yeah, before. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh wasn't exactly um, pop culture's darling at the time that I was born. But I didn't not know what it was. That's fair. Hey, you already answered my question, too. What was your relationship to this as a kid? <laughs> so about this specifically, like, I... It's really funny because I watched this and... I remember thinking like I have seen these before and I don't remember and this isn't meant to be like a joke I don't remember if I've seen these before because I've seen this movie before or if I remember reading the stories this was based on because the illustrations are so true to the books or if you saw all the shorts that the that made up this movie that was going to be the other thing is like did I see these shorts at all very separate times but yeah. like I know that my grandmother uh, my cousin was raised with my grandparents and she was a couple years, a year, a few years younger than me, but you know, we were kind of in the same age bracket. I remember she had a cassette tape for us that was on one side of it was Winnie the Pooh and the blustery day. Mm-hmm. I remember the blustery day, especially. Yeah. But it's, I, I don't remember if I've actually seen this specific movie, but I have seen every component that makes up this movie. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I So my relationship with Winnie the Pooh is, I remember watching it a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching it like before preschool okay. on TV. So I watched a lot of Winnie the Pooh, um, being a huge fan of Tigger. But I don't remember having like any Winnie the Pooh related toys or anything. So I can't say that it was a favorite property i had i had one i distinctly kind of remember so this must have been given to me when i was like little but i had it through more formative years i had a winnie the pooh was it a it was a stuffed doll of some kind but it wasn't completely plush because i think it had articulated legs like you could move its legs up and down and under his shirt was a pouch you could squeeze that had a music box in it that played the Winnie the Pooh theme, 
but that stopped working <laughs> by the time I, I don't remember. I don't know when I had it anymore, but that stopped working around, you know, a certain time. So I don't have that, but yeah, well, um, you yeah. needed batteries. <laughs> I don't know that it, I think this was the kind of toy that did not have replaceable batteries. I think it was just mm-hmm. like, well, it's dead. <laughs> just yeah, buy another. Have, yeah, but I didn't have like a ton of toys or anything from, from this. Yeah. I just, I don't remember having it like being so obsessed with Winnie the Pooh that I needed toys. I don't even no. have a Tigger stuffed plushie, which I feel no, would have been neither. very on brand. Yeah, that's true for you. Yeah. I I never had aside from that one. I never had any, and it's but like I said, I never didn't know what it was. Like I have always grown up fully aware of what Winnie the Pooh is. I can recognize the characters. I know who Winnie the Pooh himself is. Like it's not like I don't know who they are. I'm like got it, understood. This is yeah. Winnie the Pooh. <clears throat> I. I feel like Winnie the Pooh is ubiquitous. Winnie the Pooh yes. is forever. Winnie the Pooh will exist when all of us are dead. Especially now, like, excuse me. Especially now that he's been memeified, codified yeah. in the meme. Winnie the Pooh is the leader of the Democratic Republic of China. Don't worry about that. I forgot about <laughs> that. <laughs> and about how how self conscious he is about it. Yeah. I'd love if I looked like a Disney character, any Disney character. I don't really look like a Disney character. I was talking to Cliff about that the other day, and I think we decided the closest I run is Jasmine, but I still don't really look like I still don't really look like her. Well, I think the question is, would you want to look like a um a cute Disney character, something nice and cuddly and, and you know, being related to like a Disney princess or uh a Disney prince or Winnie the Pooh, which arguably are very cute characters. I agree. I would be fine, I think, being compared to those. Now, if anybody were to compare me to any character from, say, the DreamWorks picture, Shrek, might have different feelings. That's fair. Maybe aside from Puss in Boots, but I don't know. You know, someone said, oh, you look like Shrek. Also, I'm looking at our list right now, and except for one movie, every movie I'm about to read off has animal protagonists yeah we um, really get into animals yes. here i i'm not going to include bed knobs and brooms because it's live for now but all of these are animated films and except for one of these they all have animal protagonists starting with the jungle book the aristocats robin hood many adventures of winnie the pooh the rescuers fox and the hound black cauldron which is the exception mm-hmm. great mouse detective and oliver and company yeah, you also didn't include uh, 101 Dalmatians, Lady and the Tramp. Um, they weren't in the streak. That's fair. Those weren't as good of a streak. Those were not as good of a streak. They were a little um, further away. I was really just looking at this one. Because again, I, I'm the one that asked to include Mary Poppins and um, Ben Oz and Broomsticks. But if you take those out, there's barring Black they're so animal themed but you're you're right though we do have lady and the tramp and 101 dalmatians the reason i didn't include those um is because well technically by my own rule we should include it because sword in the stone's only one picture away and sword of the stone technically has some animals in it as animals well, in as well. Yeah. yeah there are a lot a of lot. animals there's a lot of and it's not just animals it's like animal main character like animals is the main characters like yeah sword in the stone had animals in it but lady and the tramp was animal main characters 101 dalmatians was animal mains jungle book animal mains same with aristocats robin all of these are animal mains except for um sword in the stone and black cauldron do you have a theory as to why 
I actually was going to ask you a question <laughs> and hope that it made sense. Yeah. Are animals by and large, like, I don't know anything about animation. Are animals easier to animate over, like, by and large? Are they cheaper or easier? Or can you get by with more shortcuts animating an animal? And I ask that because when you animate people, you have to be very particular that you don't slip into that uncanny valley territory. And mm-hmm. even in those in-between stills, I imagine it takes a lot of work. But I was wondering if there's just more forgiveness in animals, because I know that there was a lot of budget concerns around the production of many of these movies. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And I don't think that, okay. you, you know, I wouldn't say um, four legs are better than two, despite what animal <laughs> might tell us. But um, I do, I think it's less to do with the creatures that you're animating and more the style of animation. Like there were a lot that's of fair. Disney movies that we were watching where they were just kind of still frames. Yeah, that's fair. Or, or, or like anime, how they just hold yeah. <laughs> still frame um, for five minutes while the person's monologuing. But mm-hmm. um, I, I also think that when it comes to Disney, there's no such thing as a quote unquote easy <laughs> animation for and them, that's just because of how they fair. attack everything. Yeah, that's extremely fair. I guess. Like I said, knowing nothing about animation and I watched, um, I've referenced it a lot. I was watching a cinema therapy the other day with, oh Jesus. Um, I want to get the name of this woman who was the guest on here because she was very good, but I can't remember her name right now. Uh, her name was Rebecca P- um, Parham. Um, she herself is an animator. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about how when you're animating people, and she was specifically referring—excuse refer- me, specifically referring to the animation of Victoria, Victor, and Emily—and um, that they have huge eyes and small mouths, but the eyes are the center of their expressiveness. So when they react, it's all in the like. When they gasp, it's not just the gasp; it's how big the eyes get and the yeah. eyebrows go up. And when you frown, you—it's like it's all in that eye. It was very anime, like we were just discussing. And she was saying, you know, that it's really important to get it right with animation, because I think she was saying Glenn Keane, um, she was saying her animation idol was saying, if you're going to fuck it up, do not fuck it up in the face, because even amateurs will notice, because it will be creepy or upsetting, or it just won't land the way you want it to, because the human face is what everyone is super familiar with. That was my personal theory based off what Rebecca Perrin was saying to them about that, but as you pointed out, Disney doesn't do anything by halves either. So this is probably just me doing what I do best, which is talking like I know what I'm talking about while actually having no idea. Well, I do think, though, that you have an interesting, <laughs> uh, you bring up an interesting point about the facial expressions because mm-hmm. she was referring to human facial expressions and the way that they look on a human face. Yes, but yes, yes. That's actually a little bit more of a challenge because with a lot of animation that we watch um you have to project human emotions on an animal face you have mm. to show a cat smiling which is not really a thing that cats do like cats will make a similar facial expression but it's not the same as a human smile and it's definitely mm-hmm. not like we don't know what the intention is behind it so in a way that's even an added level of complexity when you're animating animals um because okay. you need to make them human <laughs> I just, yeah, I had, I have no idea. It's just yeah. something I noticed when I line them all up and look at all these movies. I was like, wow, they're 
animal focused. And I wonder if it's maybe just because Disney wasn't confident in their ability to animate complex people like they really wanted to. Because, you know, once they get into, you know, Jasmine and Aladdin and Pocahontas and Hercules and Mulan and Esmeralda and all these people, the sky becomes their limit with designing, you know, trustworthy looking, appealing, um, relatable human characters. So I kind of wonder if maybe that's what it was, because again, going back to uh, stealing other people's words, Chelsea from Practical Folks was saying something along the lines of, um, I think she was saying Prince Philip was the first time that Disney felt like the company felt confident animating a somewhat attractive male figure. Mm -hmm. So that's my second theory is that maybe they just were like, we haven't quite gotten the like pop. We want, yeah, we haven't gotten that. Oh my God. I love her. Like when you see Ariel with her giant fucking eyes for the first time, you're like, Hey bestie. (laughs) Yeah. I, I would love <laughs> if uh, any of our listeners could just tell us what they think the reason is for Disney having so many animal uh, animal leading films for this period. Because my personal thinking is it may have been a combination of the fact that um, it was easier for animators to stay on model if they had animals, which are typically pretty... Uh, pretty creative they don't really resemble a real life animal well That's they resemble a real fair. life animal uh, animal but they're not like a realistic drawing of one is that yes. easier is it um is it easier to tell these stories with animals because then you don't have to worry about things like racial or political issues that might pop up which don't really know if they care that much in the beginning but i do wonder if that was a, a factor super valid um, did they also find that money talks and when they have films that are animal led, those tend to do better at the box office? I wonder about that. And I wonder about that now, actually, because yeah. um, I scrolled down again to look at some of the more modern ish movies. And we don't quite go through a street, an unbroken streak like we do, but we have another big handful of animal led movies here. Like, let me see here. Dinosaur. Emperor's New Groove's kind of half and a half. Cusco's a, a llama for half of it. Yeah. Um, Lilo and Stitch is about the same, half and half. But then you get Brother Bear, Home on the Range, and Chicken Little, all of which are animal-driven. Um, yeah. And then you get Princess and the Frog. Um, again, they, it's a princess and a prince, but they spend a majority of the film as animals. You get another Winnie the Pooh. You get um, Zootopia, which I'm not going to lie, I fucking love Zootopia. I am so excited to do Zootopia. <laughs> but we we do the animal thing again. <clears throat> Well, mixed in with not the animal. I'm doing really weird arm motions. Not the animal. Not the animal. I do think, though, so speaking of that, um, Uh, I'm on a website called The Numbers. Take take for it what you will, whether or not this is useful information. But looking at the greatest domestic uh, box office for Disney animated films. Uh-huh. Um, it is ranked in this order. So we have Frozen 2. I was about to say Frozen. Frozen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Both of go. those take the top spot. Then we have Zootopia, Moana, okay. Big Hero 6, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, um, what? Snow White and the Seven Dwarves then pops in there. And then we get to Tarzan. There's okay. a lot of humans. There's the, It's movies. It's very that. I'm also... 
I'm offended that Wreck-It Ralph did worse than its sequel because the sequel was okay, but the original movie is fucking amazing. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this list and I'm thinking that this is not, it's not set for uh, inflation. Well, not only that, but also, it, you know, sometimes what does well at a box office isn't necessarily. Yeah, but like Frozen 2 did over a billion dollars worldwide in the box office. It's Snow White crazy. and the Seven Dwarves could not have no. even gotten to that level, like well, ever. What? Okay, let's inflation this really quickly. Yeah. All right, so what... So what year was Snow White? So Snow White was 1937. And, oh my God, this um, thing isn't working. Do you want to do domestic or worldwide box office? Um, oh, let's do worldwide. So 1937. Because that's what the number that they're using, right? That's what I'm assuming. Okay. That's what I'm assuming. It's just, it's a weird issue of like, there were just not as many theaters. <laughs> like, right. there's just no way the distribution. That's could have been fair. Um, but yeah, okay. So, 1937 worldwide box office for Snow White was 187 million. Okay. So, what what would that convert to in today's dollars? Does it reach a billion? I'm working in my, you know, what's absolutely excellent <laughs> is that both um, inflation calculators I've tried are not working very well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so you said 187? Yeah, 187 million. In January of 1937. Oh, December of 1937, if that makes a difference. It might during that time. <laughs> oh, apparently I can't use numbers that high on this calculator. <laughs> we just can't comprehend number goes up yeah this is only letting me do a million <laughs> well i can do a million dollars and then just multiply it by that but i just think it's really funny that it's like no i can't comprehend outside of that no. so a million dollars in 1937 is 21 million a hundred and twenty seven thousand so that times 187? 187, yeah. I love how good at math we both are to the point where I have to get a calculator up. Um, I went to school for art. That's my excuse. I went to school for English. I'm just pointing this out. That's your excuse. We have excuses. <laughs> Why is this being crazy? 21, Is one eighty-seven. I absolutely hate that. <laughs> that is billions after million, right? Yes, billion is after millions. Three billion nine hundred fifty million eight hundred thirty-seven thousand eight hundred and twenty-five dollars. Okay, well then, according to that then it does overtake i would absolutely two. love someone to point out exactly how wrong i did this math calculation and they're like what is wrong with you you absolute fucking moron i'm looking i'm trying <laughs> you want to double check me another. 
We're just, I'm trying it. another one. I don't know. It's no, work. no, do it, do it. Do it. I, I am not mad. I'm like, please double check me. Uh, okay. Let's see. I just don't understand why they can't do more than that. Okay, so you actually were pretty right. It does. So 187 million in 1937 mm-hmm. is worth over 4 million or sorry 4 billion <laughs> i'm still getting slightly under um but yeah the other one that i found i this one is the federal reserve bank of minneapolis okay. their calculator says that 187 and this one actually goes over 1 million everyone else's inflation calendar i mean calculator literally everyone else some email the federal reserve bank of minneapolis tomorrow and be like hey send us your fucking thing we need it um but according <laughs> to this 187 million dollars in 1937 is worth in 2023 3 billion 938 million 662,309 dollars and 67 cents so basically 4 billion dollars yeah okay and what were oh. the others <laughs> the other numbers um not from like the other movies sorry yeah so frozen 2 uh <laughs> yeah. it in 2019 it said its worldwide box office was 1.4 billion that's still crazy by the way yeah but, these numbers are still way too big because <laughs> we because also you know the other thing we have to remember about snow white um is that it's been re-released in theaters multiple times yes. so it's had a couple times to rack it up also it is from 1937 so it's had almost 100 years of of earning revenue so that's why there's a huge discrepancy but also when you then think about that you're like in a, almost 100 years it made four billion dollars but in like four years frozen and frozen 2 combined probably made the same amount yeah, they absolutely did. I don't want to. F- I don't want to even think about the inflation between 2019 and today. That's. I don't want to do that. Math. Numbers. I That's already fucked numbers. it all up. <laughs> no, you're really close, which was impressive. <laughs> eh, it's fair. Uh, it's just. It's really depressing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Jesus. But um, the movie we're talking about today is 40 years from that. That's 1977 with Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, you. <laughs> We actually have a summary for this too. So now that now that you've invested time with our podcast, we can tell you what this movie is about. Yeah, the one in the title. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Go for it. We hear the ghost of the package era haunting us as today we're discussing the 1977 classic composed of material from 1966, mm-hmm. 1968, and 1974. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. This is just three previously released Pooh movies strung mm. together with some new content added to bridge them all. The first word that comes to mind when describing these shorts is adorable. But surely I have more thoughts to bloat out this summary. We start our evening with Pooh with the 1966 featurette Winnie Pooh and the Honey Tree. This adorable short is about a narcissistic drug addict who pisses off his dealer and decides to steal from the cartel while under the disguise of Black Bearface, a.k.a. a tiny black rain cloud that nobody believes. The tides change after a violent, muddy battle and Pooh chases the cartel back to their honey hole. Pooh's addiction knows no bounds as he terrorizes his friend Rabbit by forcing himself inside his hole and shoving his fists deep inside rabbit's hot honey jars the gluttony becomes too much and the bear like most bears who break into people's homes and eat Mm -hmm. their food gets stuck trying to leave 
Rabbit is forced to have a heart-to-butt conversation with a bloated bear, and after many attempts to free him, decides the only way to deal with this is to starve the menace. After days of honey farts, Pooh is finally thin enough to be flung out of Rabbit's hole and directly into a different honey tree. The short ends with Pooh terrorizing the new honey cartel and getting his fix. Mm-hmm. The old bear. So, you know, I'm actually wondering, do we want to talk about each of these shorts in progression and I just do a summary for each of them? Or should I just summarize the other two as well? Yeah, just do the other two. All right. Well, we follow up that featurette with the 1968 feature, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. This is the one that you and I have actually remembered watching mm-hmm. <laughs> as kids. Um, this short tries to spin being passive and always bending to other people's whims as a good thing. Don't know mm-hmm. why. Narcissist Bear forces small, shy, stuttering best friend to become a balloon. Separately, mm-hmm. and probably not Pooh's fault, but who knows, a large windstorm destroys Owl's house. This causes Eeyore to give himself a mission. Find Owl a new house that belongs to another member of the Hundred Acre Gang. Specifically, take their house. Yeah, which is... Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, That night, Pooh dines on some bad honey and goes on a crazy acid trip, watching (laughs) Puffalumps and Woozles invade his dreams. AKA Elephants on Parade again. Yeah, elephants, drunk pink elephants on her parade. Separately, another freak weather accident causes Piglet to float away from his home, wherein the two friends meet up for a poo water adventure, where they float away from the gang. Pooh mistakenly gets seen as a hero when the two accidentally save themselves. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much here that's just like, oh, look, Pooh's amazing. It's like he did nothing. He made things worse. I know, it's, it's pretty impressive. It is. Uh, At the big party everyone throws for the fake hero, Eeyore Mm. announces that he's HGTV's Hundred Acre Woods. Um, And wow, I don't know what I wrote there. Eeyore announces that he's he's presenting HGTV's Mm. Hundred Acre Woods and has found Owl a brand new, slightly pre-owned Piglet home. For some reason, Piglet doesn't protest and instead moves in with Pooh, which I guess is a lesson in something. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I have not figured it out yet. I haven't either. There's going to be a lot of these that we're going to be discussing, like, what was the moral of the story? I don't know. Be a a doormat? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But finally, we end the trifecta of Pooh with 1974's Winnie Pooh and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. 51st state star and part-time bounce champion Tigger is the focus of this short. Orange Bouncing Menace claims that everything he does isn't his fault. It just is who he is. I cannot believe you managed to shoehorn Adam Sandler in here. You're welcome. I'm so glad. (laughs) I guess we can't expect anybody to take accountability for their own actions. Not even stuffed tigers, huh? Mm Mm-mm. Like the good friends they are, Rabbit, Pooh, and Piglet all hatch a plan to leave Tigger to die in the woods. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, we, why did we waste time talking about other stuff? This is where we needed to be. This is, a, this is when, when I wrote out this summary, I was like, what did I just watch? 
because this is not this is how the... you describe this movie. No, this is this is some Thomas the Tank Engine sketch shit. <clears throat> yes, I too watched that John Oliver recently. Oh my god, it's really funny because I kind of remember that original story. I'm I sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. Just like while Galley takes a sip of her tea, if you don't know what we're talking about, John Oliver brings up an extremely dark episode from the old British Thomas the Tank Engine, not the revamped one. The, but the, the old one, one hosted by Ringo Starr. Yes, but not only that, but it's like this is before they kind of had like the animated faces. These were just like model trains someone was like pushing around with a finger on a track. Yes. There's one episode where this train's like, hey, I'm made out of metal and it's raining. I'd prefer if I didn't go out there and, you know, like combust and rust to death. And they're like, hmm, sounds like you should just die then. So they brick up his tunnel so he can't get out, but they leave it right under his little chin so you can just look out and watch the world go by and there he dies yeah that he and that's Russ. yeah that's what happens to henry like you, you you just never see him again except in the background of certain shots where there's just like a sad looking half moon behind a fucking wall jesus christ ah, but, anyway but, back to um winnie the pooh as narrated by ringo star narrated by Ringo Starr. So uh, when we last left, Rabbit, Pooh, and Piglet were all trying to leave Tigger to die in the woods. Yeah, and just like, break up his tunnel. Yeah, break up his tunnel, his freedom. And the plan almost worked if it weren't for the fact that Tigger is too stupid to be killed. Tigger gets scared by nature, despite the fact that he lives in the woods. <laughs> so time passes, and this man-child, Tiger? Tiger-child? I don't know. tiger child. Uh, somehow convinces a mother to lend him her child to innocently bounce with, which goes surprisingly well, except for the packward part where Tigger is too dumb to bounce out of a tree and he forces God himself, the mighty narrator, to bend time and space just to free this tiger by his tail. Everybody feels sorry for bullying this poor creature who clearly has some type of disability, so instead they celebrate him. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers have no sense of shame. Or anything. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh wraps up with a sobering reminder that we all grow up, have to leave our toys at home, and attend boarding school like good British men. Yes. And that's The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I find this interesting because I remember seeing another Winnie the Pooh movie. I googled it. Um... And I think it was called Pooh's Grand Adventure or something. And yeah, the, is that the newer one? One of or... the newer ones. Okay, it's one. It, uh, Google told me it came out in '97 or something like that. Um, but the thing about that movie was, I think the catalyst of that was Christopher Robin was also going off to school. Like, does he? I don't understand. Okay, never mind. That's about to start a whole logistical thing about school and where the fuck he goes and where the Hundred Acre Wood is and why you can't bring your toys with it. Well, and, and we'll get into that because I, I thought there was something like they were saying that he was going to school in Brazil. Like, I thought I caught that, but I don't know. We'll see. I haven't looked at my notes in a while, so we'll see if I actually wrote that down or if I'm remembering nothing. <laughs> yeah, I did write it down. Sorry, I skipped ahead in my notes. You're too, you're, you're too, con- you're too connected to your toys, Christopher Robin. We're sending you to Brazil. Yeah, he's a boy in Brazil. Whoa, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, what was that song that um, Jose Carioca was singing? Oh, have Brazil. you been? Yes, but he was saying, "Have you been to?" No, it wasn't like Rio or anything. No, 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 no. no. 
Have you been to, you should go. Oh my God, this is going to make me crazy. I'm like, I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Gracias. Uh, this is not doing me any favors. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to. Have you been to Bahia? Bahia. Bahia. (laughs) You should go. And it's in Brazil. Sorry, that was my tie-in. Maybe that's where Christopher Robin is going. That, that's what that's the joke I was attempting to make. I was like, yeah. it sounds like he's going to Bahia. You should go. But I forgot what it was called, so I stalled out halfway through. I'm actually I know we're skipping to the, literally the very end of this movie, but that's <laughs> fine. That's the nature of this film, is just skipping around. Um okay. I'm 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 also kind of upset by that ending because it does make it sound like I understand you have to grow up. Mm-hmm. Is the is the nature of this you know movie slash shorts like you can't always bring your toys with you you have to be an adult whatever mm-hmm. but you could very easily pack all of these stuffed animals away to go to brazil yeah. and then they get to have cool jungle adventures right it it doesn't make sense to me and i understand that as you're saying you grow up and you know you stop playing with your toys in the same way but i have some stuffed animals and some things in my possession that are they i put them on my bed when i make my bed um they i've had them for years and years and years and years so just because you don't play with them or carry them with you every day doesn't mean that they're not important to you yeah exactly so really christopher robin is a bastard <laughs> he left his toys in the woods Just while an he abandoned went to a completely different continent yeah and was like maybe they'll be there when i get back yeah maybe they won't be covered in ants <laughs> maybe somebody else won't have stolen them you know these toys are sticky. Winnie, who is he's covered in honey? Absolutely, that's the whole theme of the first uh, little short. Is I'm just gonna Winnie eat the all Pooh the and the honey tree. Yeah, I'm going to eat all the honey. Um, I so as we get into it, the very first thing that we see is in the opening credits. It's mm-hmm. a video of a bunch of Winnie the Pooh um books and yes i'm like six years old because i giggled every time that i read something as just poo Hmm. so like one of the book titles is the poo adventure that's good you know good humor that's good humor the world of poo is another book title um and then there's another book title just called now we are six excellent (laughs) they ran out (laughs) they ran out like all of these other book titles are very poo focused and then now we are six (laughs) okay it well it's another a.a milne book it is Hmm. i wonder what it's about and i also had the realization that we're watching toy story kind of yes (laughs) i two things I knew that song, the intro song by heart. And oh, yeah. the second of all, it says the forest is enchanted, but like what makes this an enchanted forest? Is it just the fact that the um the toys are alive? That's a good question. Um, because I also like I took a quick screenshot of when they open the book and show the hundred acre wood map. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in here that says this is a magical forest, but it does say like it just calls it the hundred acre wood and then it well, think, marks where people live. 
I think the narrator or somebody says like deep in the enchanted forest. Yeah. Something like that. I I assume that it's enchanted because it's where your imagination can run free. Fair enough. Oh we we meet Winnie the Pooh pretty early on, and the first thing we learn about him is that he only exercises to work up an appetite. Same. Yeah, right. <laughs> he is a willy-nilly silly old bear, though, isn't he? Very much so. And he's disappointed because in his honey pot only the sticky part is left. And I just like, isn't all honey sticky? All honey is sticky. And I and I don't necessarily know if honey is like a solid diet to have if you're a bear especially if you're filled with stuffing yeah i have a lot of questions he part of one of the songs he sings to himself is like bears love honey and i'm a poo bear so are there other poo bears did he eat the other poo bears maybe is, is there they... the highlander situation you can only only have do, one <laughs> or do they all just like are poo bears just they they can exist on only honey i have i have questions I do too. This movie um, asks a lot of questions that I don't think it answers. Correct. Like, how? (laughs) And why don't they just sew on Eeyore's tail so that it stops falling off? Oh no, that's not that's not how this works whatsoever. No, because we the first time we see um in this movie Christopher Robin and Eeyore, he is reattaching Eeyore's tail with a nail and a hammer. Yeah, which is the absolute worst way to repair any type of uh like stuffed animal. Right. That's such child logic, but also But like not child logic either exactly it was like what maybe this is like 1960s child logic when children were men like just out of the womb are you a woman no you're a man like that was how to fix things yeah with a hammer and a hammer only (laughs) with a hammer only um i do like going back to to winnie the pooh i did i did quite enjoy rumbly and my tumbly as a song it's cute it's very cute. Would you would you like to sing any of Rumbly and Matumbly? Let me Google the lyrics. <laughs> I just also really like that. Again, I'm still absolutely stuck um on I'm a Pooh Bear. Like the, are there Are there other Pooh Bears? <laughs> well, it's like Tigger too. Like he talks about how Tiggers do this and Tiggers do that. Are there other Tiggers? Is that not your right. name? Right. I have questions. Huh? I was told that I'm pretty sure there's a whole book about Tiggers. There is, isn't there? About him being the only Tigger. Tigger. Tinger. Uh, sorry, everyone. That is a highly significant other ch- chipping in with some very helpful Tigger knowledge. Yeah, helpful, t- helpful Tigger trivia i've not read i know the book exists but i haven't read it i haven't either all right i finally found them i'm gonna do i want to start with the my line because it's where he says (laughs) also by the way no matter who does this song starling holloway is still better at it he is and this is this is his last uh movie as Pooh. i know 
We're get we are we are getting to the end of the time period where the classic names we've been bringing up a lot are going to sadly start to to leave us. Yeah, people like you know Sterling Holloway, Patrick Buttram, Barbara Luddy. We're gonna we're gonna start seeing a lot of their final films, which is not to bring the mood down right away, but it's sort of like it's again as watching these as watching these movies is kind of like wow they were really important. <laughs> for her they were really in there and i appreciate it but um yeah so sterling holloway gives us this and we no matter who sings it will always hear it in his voice oh yeah yes bears love honey and i'm a poo bear so i do care so i'll climb there i'm so rumly in my tumly a time for something sweet (laughs) so cute i love that it's it was really, I think it's like I was saying, I didn't grow up with these movies in this way, but when I was watching this, like, I knew all of these songs. I knew all the, the wonderful thing about Tiggers. These Tiggers are wonderful things. Like, that came right yeah. back to me. The theme for this, the rumbly in my tumbly was like, geez, I know all of these little rhymes and songs. Yeah, it's, that's why it's like Winnie the Pooh is ubiquitous. Yes. <laughs> Even if you haven't, like, watched all of the stuff, you just know it. You just kind of absorb it. Yeah, it's just there. Yeah. Kind of like so I did find a, a Reddit post oh where somebody asked, why is Tigger the only one of his species? And one of the responses is because they're fucking annoying and one is too much. <laughs> uh, apparently they are kind the, of a lot. Uh, they are kind of a lot. And apparently the only animals that have more than one of its species in this universe mm-hmm. are Kanga and Rue. That's what I wonder, because Pooh's the only Pooh Bear, Piglet's the only Piglet, Owl's the only Owl, Rabbit. Like, those two are the only two that are of the same species. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's theorized that it's because they um, all exist in the Hundred Acre Woods, and so since they're Christopher Robin's mm-hmm. toys, they've never seen any others. But that makes sense, in the same yeah. way that um, as you brought up Toy Story. Buzz Lightyear yeah. has a bit of a um, existential crisis when he sees the row of Buzz Lightyear toys. Yes. What do you mean? I'm a clone. <laughs> right. It's just like, holy shit, there's so many of me. But um, yeah, Pooh Bear can't get the honey. Well, he's out of honey. So it's like, right. So instead of just being like, I'll go to the store and buy some or ask Christopher Robin to bring me some. He's like, I'm going to take it directly from the honeybees up in the tree and in order to do that i need christopher robin and my favorite thing about this is that christopher robin does not ask any questions he's just like okay yeah they watching all of these shorts really cements the fact that everybody else just kind of lets Pooh do what he does like Pooh is the narcissist <laughs> yeah he just kind of wanders around like this is what i'm doing now and everyone's like are you okay all right. Yeah. I guess, okay. I guess I'll join you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe it is because Pooh is the one that's stuffed with like fluff and honey, whereas someone like Eeyore is stuffed with sawdust. <laughs> Which maybe that that's is... also why he's not so happy. <laughs> that's fair enough. That does sound really uncomfortable. Yeah. He, Eeyore, uh, you also brought up Eeyore having his tail attached. Eeyore says yeah. an amazing line there. It's not much of a tail, but I'm sort of attached to it. Yeah, Eeyore's got a lot of zingers. Like, if it is a good morning, which I doubt. Yeah. 
but they all decide to go along on this ridiculous um adventure where he's like I'm going to roll myself in mud to look like a rain cloud and then I'm going to use this blue balloon to float me on up and I'll just be uh, uh I'm just a little black rain cloud yeah and I was watching this and thought I guess I'm just a little bit racist a little Isn't quite of the same ring as I'm just a little black rain cloud and Avenue no. Q is decades away I was just about to say we haven't reached uh, everyone's a little bit racist it's true yeah I wonder if it was inspired by Winnie the Pooh in bare blackface Maybe? Is, it bare, is it bare blackface it kind of felt like it a little bit in but- thankfully it doesn't last long because the bees wise up yeah and also like am i wrong or are black bears more violent than other species i know that mother black bears are like if you see a bear cub you better get the fuck out yeah i think i think it's that brown bears are much more um subdued and black bears are more likely to like go after you i mean either way you want to stay away from bears honey bears are going to just rip your face off and take your honey if you have them that's why you got to leave it at home yeah you do or fly up into a tree and try to (laughs) try to bait the bees and when that doesn't work you uh go to your friend's house yeah you go to your friend's house but first you also uh admonish the bees for not understanding your english yeah (laughs) he's trying to when he's Winnie the Pooh is really trying to sell <laughs> this. And he's like, oh, look, it looks like rain. Like, Oh, yes. And he gets Christopher Robin to just open an umbrella and wander around. He's like, act yeah. like it might rain. And he just pantomimes for a minute. Yeah. Trick the bees. <laughs> but then, yeah, he ends up in Rabbit's Home. Um, <laughs> which... Oh, I don't. I don't know. I had some questions about when he was like devouring rabbit's honey. Because mm-hmm. where does it all go? He's like covered in the honey. But it's also inside of him. And I just don't understand poo physiology. I don't either. But this also just like it reminds me of watching babies eat where it's kind of like you give them a spoon with, I don't know, 10 units of food and three units get in their mouth and seven units get on uh, them and their clothes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And then you stick the baby in the hole to get them out and they get stuck. <laughs> and I will say that in this situation, the right response was to go get Christopher Robin. He is a human with hands. Yeah. Um, in in my instance, I just drew it like it was the opening to porn because Winnie the Pooh is just stuck in a hole asking also, for help. It's true. But can we talk about this obnoxious gopher that they added in? Because apparently they were like, American audiences are going to need an American character to relate to. So let's just add in the most obnoxious whistle-talk gopher you've ever you've ever seen. Right. He Was he in the books? Because I no. don't remember. Yeah. And he was just there to be a construction gopher, I guess. Yeah, no. If you read the... I, I looked it up and it was like, yeah, the gopher was added specifically as a way to try to appeal to American audiences. 
I'm making a face because I think that's I well, I always think it's pretty stupid when Agreed. movies try to appeal to a particular culture of audience. Um but well, this is especially also, stupid. Right, because it implies that you're you're unable to comprehend it unless you've got something that you can directly look at but also like this is such a simple story you know young boy has his toys in place in an imaginary world like that's yeah it's fine it's fine also uh the gopher doesn't do anything no he just has a circular conversation with the owl yes and then just tries to push poo further into the hole and it doesn't work so they basically are like well you're just gonna have to starve until you're skinny enough to get out and i like how rabbit fairly is like well i don't want to look at Pooh's ass until that happens just hanging out in my house but i would just throw a tablecloth over it and call it a day he tries to make it into like a shelf with a frame yeah he makes a weird little modern art piece with Pooh's ass yeah and uses it also as a shelf to put some plots pot like pots on and some flowers hangs a like i don't know like fucking hangs a towel from it it's like what are you doing man yeah, he turned his he turned Pooh's butt into a moose face. Yeah, basically. I think that was it. Yeah. And and also Pooh's just hanging out there for who knows how long. We don't know how much time has passed. No, we have no idea. They don't tell us. They're not like they don't do the SpongeBob thing with three weeks later. Yeah, we also don't really understand like, does he metabolize the honey? Does he, I have no does clue. he fart out the how does where does the honey go? Um, but at some point Pooh finally decides to try a little bit and he wiggles and he messes up Rabbit's gorgeous modern art that he made and Rabbit is angry at him and I'm like Rabbit you should just be happy that he wiggled and didn't fart in your face right like there are so many worse things that could have just happened to you just Pooh you messed up my moose why are you drawing my my response would be the fuck are you drawing a moose on my ass for yeah right question number one i i kind of love this story because the moral of it basically is if you get in trouble maybe it's just because you're too fat (laughs) isn't that what the american healthcare system tells us nobody likes fat criminals be skinny get away with crime america be thin be thin. But the moral of the story is that sugar addiction ends up winning because once he gets out of Rabbit's house, they literally just slingshot him directly into another honey hive. That was the best. I I absolutely loved that scene. I, I love when characters get flung and and Pooh just got shoved out of that hole and flung across the hundred acre woods all Did the it? way. Didn't they also do the thing where they're like, he's going on to the next page and they had to like yeah. flip through a few pages to keep him in the border. Yeah. So that's, so that's a, uh, I actually really like this addition that they made to turn this package film into books a film. Yeah. I liked that they used books um, to make it seem like you're reading these stories and yes. the Pooh. don't worry about the fact that some of these shorts were made literally 10 plus years before this movie got released. Um, and then the narrator actually has a part in it. And like you said, they like flip pages. They play around with the way the illustrations and the words look mm-hmm. to link them together. That's really cute. Well, and they use they use the book, too. Like there's a scene where Pooh hops from one scene to another across the spine of the book. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, well, that's funny. basically the end of that short. And we segue directly into the next one, which is uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. 
Yeah, it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's windy. Wednesday. It is. It is Wednesday, actually. We're recording this on a Wednesday. It's true. Happy, happy Wednesday to you. It's happy I don't Wednesday. know if it's Wednesday. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm glad that we got um a piglet a piglet sighting. As am I. Um, especially because this one is quite prevalent. But this is the one where I start to have problems with this, and it's because... <laughs> start to have problems. Well, because this is the one where, as you were discussing in your um, in your summary, they just force Piglet to give up his house. To give up his house. And they force him to fly. To fly. He becomes a balloon. This and, entire segment is insane. Yeah. Like, Piglet is a balloon. And one of the lines I wrote down was Rue saying, can I fly Piglet next? <laughs> Yes, because if anyone doesn't remember, um, the wind is so strong, it starts to blow Piglet away and his scarf unravels, but Pooh's holding on to the other end, so he's just flying Piglet like a kite. And of course, being the good millennial that I am, as soon as Piglet started unraveling, I heard Weezer's, uh, if you want to destroy my sweater, just playing in my head. (laughs) Oh, man. I also wrote down, I don't remember when this line occurred, but Eeyore pops up and he just says, thanks for noticing me. Oh, yeah. Um, Piglet's being blown around the Hundred Acre Wood and Pooh is holding on to the end trying to stop him from flying away. And they blow through Eeyore's house. And as they go through, Pooh yells, happy Wednesday, Eeyore. And he goes, thanks for noticing me. Yeah. Way to roll with the punches. Really both of them, I guess, Eeyore and Piglet. And we run into Owl next, who, by the way, is in a rocking chair in his treehouse, which is, in a, for all intents and purposes, standing still. Yeah, I... Owl is an interesting creature. I really wish that I had slowed down and written down some of the things that he said. Like, so... Pooh and Piglet literally blow into his house. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm going to tell you uh, about tea. And he starts just like monologuing about, you know, how a character would. And anyway, my aunt, you know, Teresa, you should have met me on. A couple of tidbits that I pulled out of Owl's stories. One of them is he was talking about his aunt and she goes, she laid a seagull egg by mistake. Yes. What? And then another story was about how his uncle, the owl, fell in love with a cat. I mean, he might as well have just been Grandpa Simpson talking about how uh, we used to wear turnips on our belts because it was the style at the time. But this is also where there's a really funny visual gag where the book turns a bunch of pages. So it's pages 41 through 62 are just owl monologuing. Mm -hmm. What did you write down any others that are? No, he was going too fast, but I really wanted to write down more of them because between those two, it's like, I need more of this yeah i would i would read those 20 pages of grandpa owl just going on his autobiography because it sounds wild agree i need to know more about this but um i don't exactly remember how we do we just leave the scene the scene kind of just like ends making a little bit of a noise um no didn't we surely there was a transition for this scene 
surely, surely the plot online is going to tell me. Because the next note that I have written down is I befriend people like Tigger. And I think what happens is Tigger, the next thing I remember is Tigger just tackling Pooh. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's, um, okay. So what happened, the transition is Owl tells, uh, tells the gang that it's a gentle spring Zephyr and not a particular holiday that's causing the wind. Yes. But then the windstorm happens and Owl's house is knocked down. So that, that does occur. And then at that night when the windstorm is happening is when Pooh hears um, a knock on the door and Tigger bounces in. Okay, somehow I see, I have forgotten that portion. I mean, like you said, it kind of just strings itself together. <laughs> but, oh, but yeah, little. Tigger bounces in and is like, I'm hungry, bitch. Give me something to eat. Yeah, feed me. Yeah. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers don't understand how doorbells work. But it's funny because I also did not really take, oh, okay, I see. I was taking some notes because I was like, ooh, is it time for the heffalumps and woozles? Because I know this is coming. And then Tigger shows up. Um, Yes. Tiggers are wonderful things with the memories of goldfish, but they mean well. Exactly. They, they, because Tigger's the one who is like, I don't, Tiggers don't eat like honeys. Honey is food for heffalumps and woozles. And yeah. then this is where we hit into that crazy acid trip section. And I just want to know if anyone ever bothered checking on the Sherman brothers. <laughs> like, just, just to see how much acid they were really doing. Just like, how were they doing? Because yeah. this crazy theme happens a lot. It It's happened more than twice that we get bizarre ass yes. uh, elephants as weasels weasel vents whatever's yeah creepy Um, crazy weird things and i am quite curious too (laughs) what the hell were the sherman brothers thinking (laughs) i have no clue it's just weird it is really strange i wonder if there's any anything online is there any fun trivia I have written something down here that I don't understand here. I <laughs> What did you write? I don't mean to complain, but I'm going to deech. It's in quotation marks, which means that it's something that I tried to quote from the movie. I'm going to deech? I don't know. I've tried Googling it too, and I'm coming up with absolutely nothing. Mm. And I think it has to do with Piglet. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. Um, I I wrote down that Pooh has no idea what a mirror is. <laughs> yes, I I, I, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I think I found what it is. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't mean to complain. Oh, were you trying to write uh, like vetch? No. Oh. No, it's something I think it was when like I don't mean to complain, but I'm afraid. Oh, owl, I don't 
okay. What have I written down here? So I'm, I'm wondering, you didn't write K-V-E-T-C-H. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> okay. This is, this is such a mystery. <laughs> nope. I wrote it down. I don't mean to complain, but I'm afraid I'm scared. I. Which is what Piglet says. Ah. Piglet is just the definition of uh, somebody who drastically needs therapy because they don't understand their own self-worth. Uh, it's extremely true. But yeah. I wrote this down in here. Owl comes along again where he just starts doing this. To divert your small mind from your unfortunate predicament, I should tell you an amusing anecdote. It concerns a cousin of mine. Oh, God. It's well, this is... And this is because... Okay, so all of this is because... Um, while Pooh is having his nightmare is when the storm floods the hundred acre wood and Piglet's trapped in his storm or trapped in his home and then gets carried away by the water. Yes, this is the scene that I'm talking about. For some reason, could not remember how or why this happened. Because, yeah, the wind and the rainstorm end up destroying Owl's house and flooding Piglet out of his. But before I forget, I found the things, a couple of things that uh, Owl was saying. Ooh, yes. You see, I'll remember this one too. It was the year my Aunt Clara went to visit her cousin. Now, her cousin was not only gifted on the glockenspiel, but being a screech owl, also sang soprano in the London Opera. You see, her constant practicing so unnerved my aunt that she laid a seagull egg by mistake. <laughs> Your aunt had an affair. Okay, here we go. Good. That will give me just, uh, just... That will just give me time to tell you about my Uncle Clyde, a very independent barn owl. He didn't give a hoot for tradition. He became Ooh. enamored of a pussycat and went to sea in a beautiful pea-green boat. He he was part of the movie Gay Paris. I guess so. <laughs> okay, so here's how the transition happens, because here's what it's written down in the book. Owl talked from page 41 to page 62. On page 62, the blustery day turned into a blustery night. Mm. To poo. It was a very anxious sort of night, full filled with anxious sort of noises. And this is where we get Tigger. This is also, I just realized, um, after Tigger, when we get the weird heffalumps and woozles, is uh -huh. also where we get that, that gif of Winnie the Pooh leaving his exhausted body. That meme where yes. Winnie is like sitting in his chair and just riffs off. Yeah. So for all you meme historians, uh, this occurs 30, 37 minutes into the adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Because I'm ADHDing back and forth so badly through this script. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Um, this is... We don't have scripts. We're just comparing our notes. <laughs> the, the, this, this ends with after the flood, because um, they had sent Eeyore to go find Owl a new house, because his was the one that was destroyed. And Owl yes. somehow comes back and is like, I found one. <laughs> Excuse me. Night. <laughs> oh I hate that. Um, he says, I found one. Follow me. Has he never been to Piglet's house before? This is something that I was wondering about too. Like, did Eeyore knowingly not give a shit? Yeah, <laughs> that Piglet's was basically house. my question. <laughs> just be like, yeah, here you go. This one seems uninhabited and just like glares at Piglet. Yeah, because basically they they kind of just neighborhood bully him out of it. Yeah. 
Um, And Pooh is the one who's like, tell them it's your house. Right. Like, Pooh actually tries to get Piglet to stand up for himself. But Piglet is in a hell of his own making. Yeah. And it's like, it's nobody's fault but his own that he's giving away his own house. And he's so miserable about it. Has no one been to Piglet's house? Because Owl doesn't. The only person who recognizes it as Piglet's house is Pooh. I get the feeling that Piglet is one of those creatures that's like, oh, I can never have people over. My house is a mess um, and it's completely immaculate, except for Winnie the Pooh, who has been to his house because he literally forced himself in. I would believe that none of his other friends actually went to his house. Totally fair. But what he basically does here is who's like, tell him it's your house. And he's like, no, this house belongs to our friend Owl. Yeah. That's such an odd way to just give up your life for absolutely no reason. Yep. And then, and then, and then and decides then, he's going to live with Pooh. Yeah, Piglet has a weird martyr complex. He just <laughs> allows it to happen. He just allows it to happen. And then Pooh is a narcissist and is like, yeah, more attention for me. This will be great. <laughs> and then we get more Tigger. Uh, um, okay. and piglet also says that his personal hell is too much bouncing like he hates all the bouncing he is not a fan of the bouncing but again you could have you could have gone to your own house if you just literally spoke up and said hey guys sorry that house is is accounted for i'll have a christmas party with all of you there nope i like this uh because basically the narrator is like well the next chapter's got a lot of bouncing and piglet's like fuck uh i just rem- here it is I think that I just remembered something that I forgot to do yesterday and shan't be able to do tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose I really ought to go back and do it now. A plus. A plus. Way to go. Way to go, Piglet. Way to get yourself out of the next adventure. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to be part of the next adventure either because it involves child endangerment and abandonment of a friend. Oh, abandonment of a friend. Friend might be heavily in quotes there. Animal abandonment? Animal abandonment, absolutely. And child endangerment. Yeah. And and immediately, and I think that we should also say possibly taking advantage of the disadvantaged because we don't know what the deal is with Tigger and why he has no memory. No. Or why he has a goldfish memory. Yeah. Or also, why is Rabbit dealing with PTSD with Tigger's name? Because I just think that I think it's less PTSD and more like in the sense that I think everyone knows like Tigger means trouble. True. Tigger spells trouble. <laughs> we all have that one friend. And I think I'm that friend for some people where it's like this person coming over means a little bit of chaos for a while. That's fair. Although I would say that Rabbit is also a little bit of manipulator in this relationship. I mean, it's- Rabbit dreams up this whole plan and executes it. Yeah. And he's the one who's like, I'm basically going to kill tigger yeah it's like we're just gonna leave him out in the woods yeah hopefully that's it that's the whole plan that's the plan (laughs) murder by abandonment and the thing is is that who else is there with him winnie the pooh and piglet too they go along with it i know it's at least winnie the pooh am i wrong yeah rabbit pooh and piglet i'm just pointing out yeah all three of them are on board with this yeah <laughs> yeah and just saying 
people do kind of losing him because Winnie's like, oh, my tummy's rumbling. Well, this Bye. was a fun adventure. Time to go. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go steal honey. <laughs> honey pots, honey thoughts. It's just... Yeah, because they just both decide to like leave now. And it, yeah, as you said, it's it's time for lunch. Time to go back. And yeah. yeah. And then doesn't, um, okay, so they end up, <laughs> Tigger, okay, Tigger does get lost, and then Winnie, uh, I keep calling him Winnie, Pooh, Rabbit, and Piglet are all searching for him, because suddenly they realize this was a dumb idea. Maybe we shouldn't kill our friend. Yeah. But then they end up getting lost too. Yeah, somehow they get separated from Rabbit, which I don't understand. Like, don't split the party. Yeah. But Pooh is like, well, I'm hungry, so we'll follow my stomach. But instead of following Honey, I mean, instead of finding Honey, they just run into Tigger. Yeah, they just run into Tigger. And whereas Rabbit is also kind of going insane out in the woods, which again, this is a rabbit who lives in the woods. Yes. Going insane in a different part of the woods. <laughs> exactly. But the good news for him is that Tigger comes to his rescue and Rabbit's like, I thought we lost you. And Tigger says something to the effect of like, oh, here he goes. Tiggers never get lost, bunny boy. <laughs> so long, glamour boy. So long, bunny boy. So long, bunny boy. Bunny boy. I do like that. Like get bunny lost, boy. bunny boy. Hell, fuck off, bunny boy. Yeah, we can just chop it off. He says, Tiggers never get lost. Just chop it off to get lost, bunny boy. Get lost, bunny boy. Oh, it does sound great. a bit like something that you would say in like the Jessica Rabbit universe. Uh, the next the next uh, episode of this podcast is just going to be 30 minutes of us riffing off of Bunny Boy. Bunny Boy. <laughs> it's fun Bunny to Bunny say. <laughs> it's, just, it's fun to say. Everyone say it with us. Three, two, one. Bunny, Bunny Boy. boy. <laughs> but do it, do it in your own. Figure out how you think it's most fun to say. Is it a draw for you? Is it like Bunny Boy? Or do you want to say it quickly? Bunny Boy. Or is it like uh, an old uh, radio announcer? Hey there, bunny boy. Or is it an old granny? Oh, come here, bunny boy. Oh, sweet little bunny yeah, boy. Sweet bunny boy. Or is it a little kid? It's a bunny boy. Or is it a dog? Bark, 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 bark. <laughs> yeah. Is it a dog? Bark. <laughs> <laughs> or um, is it a kangaroo? Fair enough. I wrote something down here, though, by the way. I just looked at my notes for the first time in, like, ten minutes. Um, one of the things that... Was it, like, who was he talking to? Trigger? Tigger? Um, where they're talking about doing nothing. Like, spending their time doing nothing? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, at the very end, it's like, Pooh, what do you like doing best in the world? He goes, I like doing nothing. Me too. <laughs> I don't know. This is highly relatable content that you're it's, talking to me about. It's when Pooh's talking to Christopher Robin. Oh. Because Christopher Robin is asking him, what do you like? Um, what do you like to do? And that's when Christopher Robin starts saying, you know, who I'm not going to be able to just like hang out and do nothing uh, as much as I used to anymore. But even when I'm away doing, an, you know, a whole, oh, here we go. I found it again. I've yeah, managed to okay. find the movie transcript, by the way, guys. 
Oh, fabulous. Yeah. So here, what I'm, here's what he says. Um, you know something, Pooh? I'm not going to do just nothing anymore. You mean never again? Well, not so much. Pooh, when I'm away doing just nothing, will you come up here sometimes? You mean alone? Just me? Yes. And Pooh, promise you won't forget me ever? Oh, I won't, Christopher, I promise. Not even when I'm a hundred? How old shall I be there? Ninety-nine? <laughs> but I like that because what I wrote down is when you're a kid, doing just nothing doesn't make sense to you. Like it really doesn't. A lot of the times. Yeah. Well, I think about being on vacation with my parents, for example, and there were some times when I wanted to have a little bit of time to like read a book or what have you. But, you know, for the most part, as a kid, you're like, I want to go to the beach and then I want to go to the movies and then I want to go to do this. And then we want to do that. And we want to play video games and do a puzzle. And your parents are like, I would like it if no one in this room spoke again for the next 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. And but that's because as an adult, mm-hmm. you have so much on your head, on your mind. Right. But I like that when, you know, Christopher Robin, who's about 10, 10, 12 or so, asks his childhood toy, what do you like to do the most? He's like, nothing. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of like that in a weird way. I don't have an, a deeper explanation. I just kind of like that his childhood toy is like, I, I just like doing nothing. Well, I think it's you. a I think a little bit of it is a um, so we're skipping over a bit of the climax with 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 tigger getting stuck in a tree bouncing up to a tree but yes uh yeah i think i think that it's a very sweet way to kind of say i don't exist without you around that's my interpretation of it is that when christopher robin is talking to Pooh, and Pooh's like i like you know doing nothing unless i'm with you basically it's like i don't exist i i am a figment of your imagination oh that's fascinating because yeah i'm i'm a doll so christopher robin can't imagine anything that Pooh does without him it's also having this one-on-one conversation um with his teddy bear about like hey when i'm gone are you going to wait for me um you you're just kind of existing forgetting all of the other friends in the hundred acre woods that we could have adventures (laughs) with (laughs) right you could have a good robust life like as you said i accidentally skipped over um tigger babysitting root yeah, babysitting Rue and then trying to show him, I think, how to bounce. Yeah, so they start ice skating, kind of, and Tigger's like, I don't want to do this, let's go bouncing instead. Yeah. Well, I think Rue suggests they climb a tree. Yeah, yeah. Rue's like, let's climb a tree, and Tigger's like, we don't climb, we bounce, and then he gets them into a sitch. Yep, he gets them into a sitch, and he literally, Tigger literally says, narrate me down from here to Which... the narrator. I love. I loved that too. That was the cutest thing. <laughs> I also like again this. This goes into incorporating the um, the book again. Like as you said, narrate me down. And I think here it was kind of like on the uh, we have to cut away from Tigger for a sec because on the next page, Pooh's got an issue. Yeah, <laughs> which is like. <laughs> I like that they incorporate the book in this way that it's totally natural as a book. Like as you said, narrate me down here. He, what they do is just very gently like rotate the book. Mm-hmm. 
to tip him <laughs> just kind of exactly tip him off the tree yeah they just rotate the book yeah. so it's like instead of being upwise vertically you're now just like horizontal to the ground yeah and i i i i, I like that um and then rabbit finally feels sorry for trigger for well trigger. so Sorry, everybody. I have a, a teammate on Texas Roller Girls. Her derby name is Delirium Trigger, and I refer to her a lot more than I refer to Tigger. So that's why I keep saying Trigger. I'm so sorry. It just keeps coming out. I'm like, Trigger said. Um, yeah, so this thing is like, Rabbit doesn't like Tigger's bouncing, which I'm kind of like, I get that it's kind of annoying, but I think the rest of him is also annoying. But, yeah, it's a bit much. <clears throat> yeah, but one of the things Tigger promised when he was stuck up in the tree was basically like, if I get down from here, if someone gets me down, I'll never, never, never bounce again. And once you get down, Rabbit's like, you promised, you promised, you promised. And for about yeah. 10 sick seconds, Tigger is sulking like, I can't bounce, I can't bounce. And everyone guilt trips Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Rabbit ends up bouncing with Tigger. Yeah, he's so. like, let's you and me bounce, which is hilarious because he's it implies he's never tried it before, but he's a rabbit. He's a rabbit. He is Rabbit's... the most stuck up rabbit though. He is, but also he bounced earlier when we saw him leaving his apartment. Um he ran out on all fours. Yeah. Which is that very springy rabbit bounce. Bounce a bounce. So I guess to to wrap this into what we were also just discussing with um Christopher Robin's conversation with Winnie the Pooh. Which is um the last chapter in the in the story, by the way, I didn't. Yeah, they, ahead of everybody. That's the end. Yeah, and they they added it um, to kind of Is wrap it? this whole thing together. Yeah, that. Oh yes, it wasn't the last book. Bit. I mean, yeah. Um, but I guess we could say that Christopher Robin is not a reliable narrator because he's a child thinking of it's all fair. these adventures that these kids are having. So maybe he forgot that rabbit could bounce. <laughs> this is my. That's excuse. fair. That's super fair. I don't know. It was just interesting that it's like, it, aren't aren't you? A yeah. Bunny boy? But, hey, bunny boy. Bunny boy. I really enjoyed the final chapter. As did I. The way that they wrapped this all up. I quite, quite agree with you. I think that was a very sweet um, an interesting conversation to, to dissect. And it kind of goes back to what you and i were also saying uh at the top of this episode where we're like having stuffed animals is not a sign of uh immaturity or anything like that no i excuse me i think that maybe kids today are getting a little bit better about this but when we were growing up there was a distinct point somewhere in your teens where there was an extreme emphasis not just to grow up but to visibly be grown up not just to act yeah. grown up like it didn't count if you could for example i'm making something up but like if you were a, a person like a, a 19 year old with a job and you you know kind of made your own money paid for your own car etc cetera, etc cetera, but had a bunch of stuffed animals and you know wore blue and green and pink maybe wore your hair and pigtails you would never be taken seriously by anybody and there was there's still pressure now to do it, but especially even so young as like little as 20 years ago, there was this quash that and quash that now mentality. Yeah. And, and I, I think it was even worse um, back in the sixties, back in the fifties. Oh in, yes. Especially when Winnie the Pooh actually was written. Um, I, I mean, you can just look at photos from back then to see uh 
people who are 13 through 16 looking like they're in their mid 40s because of what they're wearing like yeah. it, it's it's very a childhood was something that you could enjoy from about the ages of zero to four and then you have to go get a job at the steel mill i mean it wasn't that bad but well i mean most clothing of the time wasn't you know now you have kids clothes which has like little cutesy slogans and stuff for children at the time it was just small versions of adult clothing that was children's clothing it was because it was sized for children not designed for children it's a big difference yeah so I think I think that's what makes Winnie the Pooh such a fascinating piece of fiction as well, because you, you and I come from a culture where we, where we can sort of understand this uh, idea of you have to grow up and leave your, your toys behind. But you're right. I think the older that we get, the more that line is blurred. Um, I mean, millennials, again, are a really prime example of this, is we are adults who continue to have a fascination with, quote unquote, kids items. How many of us have Pokemon cards or games or or you have a Lego Titanic set? I do. And sitting behind you. Yeah. <laughs> it's downstairs. But like, you know, there's a pain. The, the point being is that we, we have our little indulgences. Maybe we do a high tea on this. That's like the concept of nostalgia. Um, yeah. Because... <sighs> As you were just pointing out, millennials are a good example of this because now that we are making our own money, people are choosing not to spend it on, you know, things that, you know, in the 60s or 70s would have been exactly what you, you know, golf clubs, a mini fridge, things that are specifically designed to show your stature. You know, it was a big deal if you had, you know, um, a full refrigerator in um, certain time periods. That's what you would use your money on. Yeah. People now like, I bought a Lego set for my significant other for Christmas and, you know, he got me a, one of the movie Barbie dolls and it's this recapturing of things that just make you feel a little happier no matter what era uh, they're made for. Yeah. It's an interesting, like you said, it's an interesting, um, interesting topic that we may have to dive in further in as you alluded to a high tea which i don't know if we've actually talked about what this this concept we have but uh we could do that as our wrap-up and then launch into the million dollar question the million dollar question indeed let's talk about what high tea is indeed high tea is something that we're thinking uh we're going to be starting in the near future yeah and it's where we want to have kind of mini episodes where we uh, spouse philosophical on topics that may have come up through our discussions of these Disney movies, but are not 100% related to the Disney films themselves. So and things prime that, example. Yeah. Toys and growing up with Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> exactly. And like things that maybe we don't want to spend an entire episode on, but we could definitely spend more than like 10 minutes discussing. Because yeah. I know that we could talk about that for 30 to 45 minutes. Oh boy, could we ever. Yeah, you guys will have to stop us. Probably. But like, yeah, we're going to start doing that for some other, for some movies coming up. So if there's a theme in particular for a movie that you maybe want to hear us discuss, if you're like, oh, I'd love to hear your take on X in Rapunzel, uh, let us know. Please do. Indeed. Gally, I have a question for you. Do you have a question? I do. For me? For you. I would like to know about The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, a 1977 uh, animated classic from the Walt Disney Picture Studio. Did you, I stumbled on there, did you like this one? And if you did, do you also recommend it? Well, 
I liked uh, three of the four features that we saw in this film, but I'm not going to tell you which ones. Okay. No, I actually, I did. I liked them all and I would recommend them all. I think this was a really cute and fun trip down memory lane if you're familiar with Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. If you're not, I think it's just a, a sweet little movie to watch. Like I could see just popping this movie on on um, a Sunday in fall where maybe it's a little bit windy and blustery out and you just want to kind of relax a little. Maybe mm-hmm. you have a kid with you. I'm going to pop this on for the kid and, and just take a trip down stuffed animal lane and remember what it was like <laughs> to play with yeah. them. What about you? I did like it, but I'm kind of 50-50 on recommending it. Um, I think mostly just because I remember these as shorts and I kind of like them as shorts, things that I would like watch before nap time when I was settling in to go to sleep and I didn't need to, um, the full motion picture of it, but I didn't dislike it. I'm just, there's, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I'm just kind of a little 50, 50 on, on fully recommending it, but I liked it. And I do think that people should see all of the content. Do you think that because of the ability to pause and pick things up on Disney Plus, that makes it the perfect place to view this? Because then you could just watch one short at a time. I think so. Yeah. I'm remembering watching on VHS when, you know, it doesn't belong to you and you kind of just watch straight through. Yeah, you, yeah. Or you're like, no, 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 don't take anything out of the, v- the, the VCR. I have a tape in there. Yeah. I'm watching it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. But yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I come down on that. Well, that's that's wonderful that we are mostly in agreement. <laughs> I believe so. I believe that we have the same opinions on poo. But what are your opinions? Tell us. Tweet us. X us? I don't know what the term is now. Or otherwise find us on socials. And let us know things. Let us know things. But also let us know if you're excited to listen to next week's episode. Which is... More animals! Because we're going to be talking the rescuers. So get your... uh, Get your smallest pants on so you can feel like a mouse. (laughs) Your mouse pants? Your mouse pants. But not your your Mickey Mouse pants. pants. No, no. Get your just just your regular um, Rescue Society pants on. And we'll see you next week. But for now, I hear a noise downstairs and I think there might be somebody going after my honeypot. Disguise yourself as a little black rain cloud and go after them. All right. I'm going to go do that. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. So, so long, Glamour Boys. So long, Glamour Boys. Damsels Who Discuss is created and produced by Crow's Nest's podcast. Your hosts are Gally Articola and Alexia Thurumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash damsels who discuss all one word on Instagram at instagram.com slash damsels who discuss all one word again and on Twitter at twitter.com slash damsels who disco because Twitter has a character limit or you can also email us at damsels who discuss at gmail.com so long glamour boys so long glamour boys (laughs) 